Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to Genesee Valley Church's online podcast. GVC is a non-denominational church in Flint, Michigan, and our mission is simple. To love God, love people, and love life. I know that you will be blessed by the message and the words that God has for you today. Now, here's Pastor Tony. Welcome to week number two to Closer. Amen. Glad that you're here. Now listen, don't get frisky on me now. We're just, we're still in church, okay? <laughs> hey, we just want to welcome our online audience. So glad that you're tuning in and we're just trusting that you're getting closer to God as a result of being uh, just participants with us in this service as well. How many of you know that God wants us to get closer? He wants us to get closer to Him. And we're in such an awesome season of, of GVC and just our lives and just with what God is doing. And I don't know if you realize it or not, but there are seasons by which we just purpose to get closer to God, right? And this season, uh, you realize it's in a matter of a couple of weeks, there's what is called Easter coming up, right? And really, Easter is one of those seasons of life where people just become very conscious of God, become very conscious of Jesus. And I don't know if you know it or not, but there are uh, people that are greatly uh, desiring to know God. There is a hunger that is just stirring on the inside here at GVC. And you may say, well, what does that mean to be hungry for God? It just means that there's a stirring, there's a desire, there's a craving on the inside to get closer with God. And that's what's going on here at Genesee Valley Church. You may not understand it. You might say, how come worship has just been different? How come we just seem like uh, we're just more in, in, engaged? It's because people are hungry. And people that you know that don't go to church, they're hungry to know God because they've seen your life. <coughs> Excuse me. And what a greater opportunity than this season that is coming up, this Easter season where people are hearing about Jesus, the reason for the season where we can begin to extend the invitation to, for them to come to church. And so, listen, I want you to partner with me. I really want you to this purpose to be sensitive in your heart as to what God wants to do in this season. And I've said to you before that uh, starting on March 7th, we're going to go into our spring 21 days of prayer and fasting. And so I want you to partner with us and just purpose just to believe God for increase and to see those that don't know Jesus to come to church, right? And so listen, you might say, what is prayer and fasting? What is that all about? That's just simply saying, I'm going to take time out of my day to be very specific and very intentional to purpose to seek God. And sometimes you might end up fasting a meal. Maybe it's dinner. Maybe it's breakfast. And what you end up doing is saying, I'm going to quiet my flesh and tell my flesh to shut up. You're not going to eat right now. We're going to go spend time with God. And you'll be amazed that in those settings and in that season, how God becomes so much more real, His voice becomes so much more clear, and you just might find that there's people that He begins to talk to you about to say, invite them to church. And then you begin to pray for them. Amen? And so listen... Starting on May, uh, March 7th, we are going to begin to open up the church for those 21 days, Monday through Friday, for three weeks of just simply opening up the church and making it available for church prayer. We're going to open it up at 6 o'clock in the morning for one hour. You can come for the whole hour. You can come for 15 minutes. You can come for a half hour before work, whatever it might be. You might say, I'm not a morning person. Be a morning person for those weeks and those days. You may say, well, I don't know if I can. Listen, 21 days sets a new habit. You might find that all of a sudden by purposing to come and pray, you see God just do supernatural things in your life. How many of you know that God's a supernatural God? 
God wants to visit you. He wants to meet you. He wants to touch your life. He wants to renew your mind. He wants to just, he wants to wreck your world. Amen. Now that might scare you. He, he doesn't ever wreck you in a bad way. It's a good way. Come on. You know what I'm talking about? I met my wife and it wrecked my life in a good way. She says that a little different than I do, but she wrecked my world, baby. <laughs> and so once again, God just really wants to get closer with us. And so let me help you and let me lead you in this season just getting closer with God and helping others get closer to Him. Amen? Amen. Amen. Well, let's jump right into this this morning. Uh, like I said, this is week number two. I had the privilege of ministering with my wife last week, and we just talked about some things from Valentine's perspective and drawing closer together and drawing closer with God. So I want to just take it a little step further, and I want to just bring to your attention once again something that we talked about just a matter of a few weeks ago when we were in this series called Shift. And I asked you the question of, what is it that you worship? Because it really causes us to take some inventory when I ask the question, what do I worship? Because everybody worships something. Everybody worships something because God created us to worship. You may say, well, what does that look like? I, 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 don't, uh, I don't really uh, know if I worship or not. Everybody worships something. Even if you don't go to church, you worship something. Simply a, a definition for worship is this. It's the response of what you value most. It's the response to what you value most. Like I said, God created us to worship, so there's something on the inside that just naturally comes natural as a result of how God designed us. And so what do we value most? How do we respond to those things? Well, just look at our lives. When it comes to the things that takes up our time, the things that we put our affections and our attention on, Maybe it's your career. Maybe it's your house. Maybe it's your children. Maybe it's your children's activities. Whatever it is, there are things that are taking our time that we place value on. Are you here this morning? And so as we purpose to begin to look at this, we begin to examine what is it that I adore? What is it that I love? What is it that I'm really investing my time in? And all of us can say there's areas in our life that we do that very thing. There's specific things that we esteem very highly. And how many of you know that God doesn't mind that we esteem things or that we adore things? He just don't want us to adore those things more than Him. So when we look at our lives, what is at the top of my list? Because all of us have lists of things that we purpose to give our time and our affection and our attention to. And God doesn't want to just be towards the top. God wants to be at the top. And so when we look, when we look at our lives, when you examine yourselves... What is at the top of your list? Or I could ask you this way. What is on the throne of your heart? What's on your heart? What are you giving your affection? What are you giving your attentions to? And so once again, we need to ask these questions to ourselves to really begin to observe where we're at. And if we're not careful, things begin to go awry in our lives because here's the thing. Whatever we worship, we'll become obsessed with. Whatever you become obsessed with, you'll begin to imitate. Whatever you imitate, you'll become. Amen? And there is a generation, in fact, God said this. He said there is a generation that's coming that is going to turn things in an opposite way than He designed it to be. He said there are going to be those that call 
evil good and good evil. And isn't that where we're at in a nation? Where we as people, a society, a culture, has called those things that are good evil and those that are evil good. And God said these are the times and these are the things that we're going to begin to live in. But God begins to talk to us about worshiping Him or purposing to come closer. In Romans chapter 1, Romans chapter 1, verse 21, the Bible says this. It says, For although they knew God, everybody say they knew God. They knew God. They neither glorified Him as God nor gave Him thanks or thanks to Him. But their thinking became futile, futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. Although they claimed to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images made to look like a mortal human being or birds or animals or reptiles. Notice what it says. It says, they knew God, but even though they knew God, they also they purpose not to glorify Him. So in other words, we could say it this way. There are people that say, I was a Christian. I walked with God. I went to church. But something changed to where I once knew God, but now I didn't glorify God. My affections began to change. And then it went on to say this. It says that they claimed to be wise, but they exchanged their glory. They made an exchange. Their heart once was toward God, but they made an exchange for the immortal God to things that are mortal. And they started worshiping graven images. They started worshiping golden calves. They started worshiping the creation. And you might say, well, I don't have any golden calves in my, in my home. I mean, I'm not worshiping a little idol in my home. Now, once again, we're asking the question, what is on the throne of your heart? What have we exchanged for our worship towards God? Because all of us can begin to look at some things that we begin to put at the top of our priority list. And God is wanting us to make some shifts to say, will you allow me to be at the top of your list? Will you purpose to come closer? So what are some things that we've exchanged? There are five things that I want us to look at this morning. And to begin with, In the five things that we changed, number one, we could say this, there has been a substitution. You can write that down if you'd like. This might help you along the way. How many of you know it's good to take notes? It helps you draw closer. Amen. So number one, there is a substitution that has taken place. What have we exchanged? What have we substituted? Well, I don't know about you, but I really like golf. And woohoo, got one, whoa. How many of you know that golf can become an idol in my life where I can make it a priority? I can, I can make it something more important than it ought to be. And how many of you know that in the summer times, there are times that I would rather go golfing than coming to church? I'm, you, what? It's just the natural part of a human being. You know what I'm talking about. There are times that you don't show up. I have to be here because that's what I do. But you, I find you in the summer times, you're gone weeks on end. It's like, where have they gone? I don't know. Golfing, I guess. <laughs> but haven't we all at different times exchanged some things or made substitutions of things that we put on the throne of our heart? Maybe it's vacations. Maybe it's our sports teams. Some of you are really big athletic buffs or enthusiasts. Maybe it's your kids. Maybe it's your kids' athletics. 
that we've made a substitution as a result of giving our worship towards God as to allowing us to grow closer. When we're talking about worship, the Bible says this over in the book of Psalms. It says that worship has an expression. And in the book of Psalms, it talks about it looks like singing. It looks like clapping. It looks like shouting. It looks like dancing. Come on, there's an expression that we have that God says, I like that. And that's what worship tends to look like. There's an outward expression, but we've substituted that. In fact, last night was Saturday, and some of your Saturday activities looked a whole lot more like worship than what you look like this morning. I ain't talking about you, I'm talking about your neighbor, so... You know what I'm talking about. The Bible says, and we'll get into this a little bit more, but the book of Psalms says that there is an expression of worship, of singing, of clapping, of dancing, of shouting. Come on. And God says he enjoys that. And so like I said, we're going to talk about that in a little bit more. But in Deuteronomy chapter 6, starting in verse 14, it says, You must not worship any of the gods of neighboring nations. For the Lord your God who lives among you is a jealous God. Did you hear that? God says, I'm a jealous God. He says, don't go after the other gods of your neighboring nations. Well, look, there are people that you have neighbors. There are people that you have friends. And they purpose to, to live life a certain way. And sometimes their life can look real fun, doesn't it? Hey, we're going to the beach on Sunday morning. We're having a lot of fun. We got suds and sun. And, and you're like, wow, that just sounds like a lot of fun. I guess uh, well, I got to go to church. <laughs> he, says, he says, don't go after the gods of your neighboring nations or maybe some ungodly friends. He says, I'm a jealous God. Did you know that God's jealous for your affection? My wife is jealous for my affection. Yeah. <laughs> just heard her laugh there. Here's what it sounds like sometimes. She wa- she walks into the room and she's like, you on your phone again? <laughs> she likes it so much, why don't you marry it? You know, <laughs> no, she, she don't say that. But God said, he's a jealous God. If you know what it is to be jealous, if you know what it is for somebody that you desire to have their affection and their attention and they give it to somebody else or something else, God's the same way. He says, I've made you and created you to worship and I've created you to worship me and I truly desire that. He says, don't follow after the other gods. You know, I am convinced, and please don't hear this as being critical, but I am convinced that The reason that Flint is in the condition that it is is because there was a God in our city that was called General Motors. And because of the economy and because of people being able to live so easily and comfortably, who needs God? And as a result, you see it in Detroit as well. And as a result of this God that has come in and has made life seem to be so good, all of a sudden, we've lost the life that we once knew. In fact, look at what it says here in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 15. It says, His anger will flare up against you and He will wipe you from the face of the earth. Now listen, 
God's not in it, or God is not saying, well, listen, I'll, I'll remove General Motors, and I'll just make your city go to hell in a handbasket. No, God's not doing that. But what we could see is that God says there is repercussions based upon the gods in which you go after. And so we're seeing some things as just simply fruit of the labor or the things that we've invested or given our lives to. And at the end of the day, it's not saving us now, is it? We're not seeing the city in the community that we once knew. It's certainly not the community that I knew as a kid. I can think of going downtown Flint in different areas and thinking, man, this is cool, going to the parades. and It is a whole different environment nowadays, isn't it? And so God wants us to purpose to follow after Him. He says, I'm a jealous God. In fact, some of those things that we purpose to give our attention to, in fact... You know, we went bowling the other night. We, we kind of talked about that. Or maybe if you don't know, we had a, a church bowling night, date night, just going out. If you missed it, you missed it. It was fun. But I heard some people just shouting and cutting up and having fun, rooting on their husbands. I was waiting for my wife to root me on like that. I never heard her shout for me. But there's a couple of you ladies that really rooted on loud and some of you men as well. How many of you think that God's just saying, I wish you would shout that way for me? Maybe you're watching your football game and you're like, come on, woo! God's saying, I wish you would shout like that for me. He just wants our affections, amen? Number two, some things that we've exchanged our worship for. Number two would be pride. Pride. Pride gets in the way of so much, doesn't it? God wants us to worship Him, but oftentimes we're afraid to worship God because we're afraid of what people will think. I'm afraid to get a little bit crazy in church. I'm afraid to get a little bit loud. They might hear me. They might see me. Listen, do you realize if you was to close your eyes and just get buck wild for Jesus, you would turn around and you would notice that nobody was even looking at you because they just want to worship God too. Come on, now, if you get silly uh, and just draw attention to yourself, they, they might look at you and think, wow, he's just wild and crazy. But if you make it look good enough, they might say, hey, I want to try that move too. Woo, praise the Lord. Amen. But isn't it, isn't it true? We're so afraid of what people might think of us so we don't ever purpose to step in and really draw close to God. Come on, I remember how it was when you started to grow and you started to be stretched in this area of worshiping God. You know, you're in the worship, you know, environment and you're kind of just moving around. You're kind of tapping your toe and you think, man, I'm going to go for it this time. So you kind of start swaying a little bit and then you're like, Whew, did it, man, I did it. Raise my hand, woo, right? <laughs> just kind of slipped it in there, woo. Come on, God wants us to worship Him and He doesn't want us to worry about what other people are going to think. Amen? Jesus addressed this. He said this over in John chapter 12, verse 42. He says, many people did believe in Him, however, including some of the Jewish leaders. He says, but they won't or they wouldn't admit, admit it for the fear of the Pharisees would expel them from the synagogue for they loved human praise more than the praise of God. You already go to this crazy church, so people already think you're a part of it. So you might as well just act like it. Right? Let's not worry about what people think. I realize that many of us come from different denominational backgrounds. But listen, God says, I like it when you worship me. I like it when you purpose to draw close to me. And there's an expression that comes with that. God wants us to let loose of our pride and say, God, I just want to come closer 
whatever that looks like. How many of you know that sometimes it's not popular to pursue God? Amen. Sometimes it's not popular because it might make a difference in where you go and what you do and the people that you hang out with simply because you purpose to say, God, I'm drawing closer to you. Number three. This next one is called hedonism. Hedonism. What in the world is hedonism? We are a hedonistic society. And here's what hedonism is. It is this belief that the goal of life is to be happy and to feel good. Come on. Whatever feels feels good, it goes. It's not a matter of whether I have morals. It's a matter of how I feel. It's not a matter of choices. It's a matter of how I feel. Don't judge me because this is how I feel. And so everybody's pursuing, or this hedonistic society is purposing to pursue what makes somebody or makes ourselves feel good. Our worship is not based on how we feel. Our worship is based on that God is worthy of our praise and He's worthy of our worship. Amen? Amen? But here's how this comes into place. Well, I don't like that song. I wish Jordan would not do that song. And because of that song, I'm not going to worship God. So what is it based on? Well, I just don't feel it. I don't feel that song. It's not moving me. It's not based on whether that song is moving you or not. It's a matter of whether or not you have purpose to move your heart or move your affections toward God, regardless whether you like the song or not. Come on, are you here this morning? Well, what about those lights? Those lights are just crazy and we got smoke in the room. What's up with that? That's so ungodly. Can't believe it. Listen, we're not trying to, to be fancy. We're not trying to create a, a rock session here. We're not trying to, to say, well, we're trying to compete with the world. No, we want everything in here to exalt and worship God. And if it comes in the matter of getting some lights and some smoke and creating an atmosphere for, for people to say, this is a great environment for us to worship and to come close to God. I mean, you look up at at our our worship team. Jordan, he's been getting a little freaky up on the stage lately. You know, I don't know if you noticed that or not. But do you realize as they're leading worship, you know, he can't lift his hands because he's got a job to do. He's got to play. So what does he end up doing? He starts moving around. What's he doing? He's worshiping God. Woo, praise the Lord. And you're thinking, I just can't believe that. He is such a heathen. Look at him up there. He's acting like David Lee Roth up there. What's he think he's doing? He's worshiping God. Now, if he comes to church in some spandex, we're going to draw the line. (laughs) Not going back there, man. (laughs) Uh, When it comes to our worship, you know, you say, I don't like that fast stuff. I don't like that fast stuff. I'll wait for the slow stuff to come before I start worshiping God. No, it's not based on how we feel or what makes us feel good. It's a matter of us to say, God, I'm going to worship you. You realize when you're standing there in that fast stuff anyways, your, your toes tapping inside your shoe. You might as well just let it rip. Come on. Might just let it, let it go. You, you'll find that if you let your toes start tapping, it'll start moving up your body. Woo. Praise the Lord. Woo. Come on. You know what I'm talking about. God just wants us to worship him. Hebrews chapter 13 verse 15 says this, Therefore, let us offer through Jesus a continual sacrifice of praise to God, proclaiming our allegiance to His name. Notice it says that our praise, 
Our worship is a sacrifice. How many of you know there's times where you don't feel like doing it? I don't feel like singing. Well, just shut up your attitude and sing anyways. Give God praise because he's worthy. Well, I just don't like that song. Don't matter. Worship God. Amen? (laughs) You might say, well, that's just not my personality. I don't worship that way. Come on, have you ever heard people say that? Well, that's good for everybody else. That's just not me. Well, what about God? Well, I just don't worship that way. Well, what if God likes it? I said, what if God likes it? Well, if he likes it, maybe we better figure out what he likes so that we can please him. Well, that's just not me. That's not my personality. Well, what if it's God's personality? Come on. Let's purpose to grow closer. Amen. Number four. This next word is a made-up word. You know, pastors, we just make up words all the time. So just, you know, chalk it up to the uh, pastoral dictionary. But number four is spectatorism. Spectatorism. (laughs) What's spectatorism? It's just simply this belief that all I have to do is to show up. That all I have to do is go to church and it's good. No, it's not just about showing up. God wants us to show up, not just in bodily form, but He wants us to show up with an expression of our heart. Amen. You know, you, you see it. Now, don't look at them to make them feel uncomfortable. But, you know, they'll come to church and they, they, they look like they're in a wedding. They, they have the groom's pose. Praise the Lord. <laughs> right? <laughs> No, God wants us to truly begin to worship God, right? He doesn't want us to be just simply spectators. He wants us to be participators. My wife, when we got married, I said, I love you. But do you realize that just me saying I love you nearly 20 years ago is not good enough? She wants to hear it. You know, it's not a matter of saying, well, baby, I told you I love you now. That's good enough. You ought to know that, right? No, she wants to hear it. Right? And here's what she'll do even. She'll come up to me and she'll get all lovey up on me. She goes, do you love me? Well, why does she do that? Is she saying, well, you don't say it enough? She might be saying that, but I choose not to believe that. She might be saying, I just want to hear you say the words. I love you. God's no difference. God wants us to purpose to express our hearts. He wants us to begin to love on Him. And if this is your church, if I'm your pastor, will you let me lead you to a closer relationship with Him in the season that we're in? Will you let me stretch you a little bit in this season that we're in just to say, all right, I'm going to take the gloves off. I'm going to get a little jiggy with it and I'm going to purpose to praise God. Amen? All right, we're going to do it together then. James chapter 4, verse 8, it says this. It says, come close to God and God will come close to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. He says, purify your heart for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. So in other words, God saying, I don't want you to be divided in your loyalties. He says, will you come close or come closer to me? Now, here's the problem is many times in church we're we're thinking and hoping and wishing that God would draw close to us. But it's our move. 
He sent Jesus. He says, if you'll draw near to me, I'll draw near to you. So what's God desiring? He says, will you take a step? And if you'll take a step, I'll meet you. He's just wanting us to get closer. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 22. It says, let us go right up into the very presence of God with a sincere heart, fully trusting Him. So in other words, you can go right up to God. You might say, well, I don't feel like I can. No, you can. If you've received Christ into your life, you have full access to say, God, I'm coming closer. And He says, come on, baby. Climb up into my lap. Just let me hug on you. Let me love on you. Because that's the heart of God. Just take a step. Amen. Everyone's different. Your step might simply be, God, I'm going to come to church real faithfully for this next little while. Your step might be, you know what? I'm going to just purpose to sing during the praise and worship. Your next step may, you know what? I'm just going to lift up my hands. You know, I was, I was uh, hearing the story of some of the, some new people that have come with us. And they said, you know, that whole raising of your hand things is kind of new to me. But I saw some other people do it. So I came in with a determination that I'm just going to lift my hand too. So what did you do? You stretched yourself just to worship God. Once again, your next step of worshiping my, of God might simply say, God, I'm going to trust you with, with my finances. And I'll be faithful toward my giving. Number five is tradition. What have we exchanged? We've exchanged tradition for worship. Did you realize that tradition can take the place of worship? Tradition can become a wall that separates us from drawing closer with God. Are you here this morning? I realize that many of us come from many different backgrounds. I'll be the first to tell you that the praise and worship that we do, I love our praise and worship. I go to some other churches and I'm thinking, they, you are about as dead as a doornail. I'm thinking, thank God we've got some awesome praise and worship. But you also realize that I'm 45 and we got some worship guys that are 20-something. Well, my personal flavor may not be exactly what this 20-something... I, I, here, we got Jake. He, he's, he's a truck driver. He's a delivery man. I heard that he listens to screamo music, man. <laughs> praise God! <laughs> well, that's a style of worship and praise that he likes. That's not me. We all have certain flavors, right? But I could still come in here and say, God, I worship you. I praise you. I'm coming to draw closer to you. And so once again, our tradition of what we like can become a wall. There are some that say, you know, my tradition is stained glass and pews. And it's really not church unless you have stained glass and pews. Well, it's really not worship unless you're you're singing from a hymn book because God likes that better. Oh, that's a bunch of hogwash. That's nothing but tradition. And if we think our tradition is going to get us closer to God, we'll find that it actually separates us from Him. There's so many times that we're looking back and saying, God, wasn't it great then? God is never going to do what He's done in the past. What He's going to do in the future is a new thing. Something that you've never experienced before. So if you're looking to the past saying, Oh, wasn't it great then? And you're going to miss what God does. What's coming? Amen? In Matthew chapter 15, verses starting in verse 3, it said, Jesus replied, Jesus replied, And why do you, by your traditions, violate the direct commandments of God? For instance, God says, honor your father and your mother. And anyone who speaks 
disrespectfully of his father or his mother must be put to death. Aren't you glad that's not today? But you, you say it is all right for people to say to their parents, sorry, I can't help you, for I vowed to you or vowed to give God what I would have given to you. In this way, you say that, don't, that you don't need to honor their parents. And so you claim, or excuse me, you cancel the word of God for the sake of your own tradition. You hypocrites. Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you. For he wrote, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Their worship is a force, for they teach man-made ideas and commandments from God. Did you hear that? Your tradition cancels the power of the Word of God. He says, you honor me with your lips, but your heart is far from me. What's God saying? Your tradition can affect your heart. He says, I want you to draw close with a sincere heart. And whatever that looks like and whatever is needed at the moment, that's what I desire of you. Amen? All right? So, what is it? What is worship? What does God want? If we're going to worship Him, how many of you know that we ought to be able to know what it is? Right? And again, we're going to talk more about this, but in Psalm chapter 50, 8 through 15, I know I'm giving you a lot of Scripture this morning, but stick with me. It says, I have no complaint about your sacrifices, or the burnt offerings you consistently offer. But I don't need the bulls from your barns or the goats from your pens. For all the animals of the forest are mine. And I own the cattle of a thousand hills. I know every bird on the mountains. He says, all the animals of the field are mine. If I were hungry, I wouldn't tell you. For all the world is mine and everything in it. Do I eat the meat of bulls? Do I drink the blood of goats? Make thankfulness your sacrifice to God. And keep the vows you've made to the Most High. Then call on me when you're in trouble. And I will rescue you and you'll give me glory. So what's God saying here? He said, there was a time when you gave sacrifice to worship me and honor me. And you did it by sacrificing bulls and goats. He said, but you know, I didn't really need that. I didn't need that. He says, do I need to eat the meat of the bulls and drink the blood? No, I don't, I don't need that either. He said, in fact, everything is mine. So all that you did, I didn't need that. But then he starts to give us some instructions as to what he's looking for. And he wants us to give him the one thing that he doesn't have. And that's your worship. That's the one. Could he make you worship him? I guess he could because he's God. But that's the one thing that he reserved for you. Because he said, I want you to do it from your own heart. I don't want to force you to do it. I want you to purpose to do it of your own strength and your own power. Three things that we saw there real quickly as we close. He says this. I want you to give me thanks. Make thankfulness your sacrifice. With a sincere affection, he says, I want you to come close to me. What does that look like? God, I just thank you. 
How many of you know that God desires for us to really give Him honor? The sun comes up in the morning. God, thank you. You did that, God. Thank you. You look at your kids. God, thank you. God, you blessed me with them. Just simply giving God your thanks. Then it says here, it says, keep the vows that you made. God wants you to stop dating them. God wants you to purpose to say, God, I'm giving you my heart. He wants you to put a ring on his finger. He wants you to go from a place of dating God, but to say, God, I am fully committed to you. That's his heart. That's his desire. He says, will you offer me you? In Romans chapter 12, verse 1, it says this. As you, dear brethren and sisters, I plead with you to give me your body, or give your body to God because of all that He has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice. This kind He finds acceptable. It's the true, true way to worship. God's simply saying, will you give me all of you? Will you give me you? And then notice what he says, the very last thing. He said, will you call on me when you're in trouble? Do you know that worships and honors God? How many of us go through life? I've got it. I've got it, God. I can do this. I can, I can manage it. God saying, will you call on me? Will you just give me your cares? troubles will you just let me be your God amen let's stand together with every head bowed and every eye closed I want to ask you the question what is on the throne of your heart what is at the top of your list is it God? The Bible says this. Those that confess Jesus as Lord shall receive salvation. See, many people are disillusioned to think that all I have to do is confess Jesus and I'm good to go. No, it says confess Jesus as Lord. Is He the Lord of your life? Is he at the top of your list? There might be all kinds of questions and ideas and theories. I don't want to wonder if I got enough wiggle room. I want a purpose to give God my life and make Jesus the Lord of my life. I want to draw close to him. here this morning and you're sensing that stirring and saying God I just want to grow closer with you God I want to make some adjustments in my life I just want to pray for you right now I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand you know where your heart is you know where you've been and you know where you want to go right now it's just a simple decision to say God today marks the day
I'm going to give you me. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for every person that is in this place. I thank you for this season that GBC is in right now. That we're purposing to draw closer to you. To know you, to walk with you. To worship you. To give you everything that we are. And God, we only can give to you what we know. And so God, as we purpose to give a little bit, you'll instruct us and teach us and help us how to grow closer. And so today is that first step, God. So we thank you. We thank you that you've just moved to the top of our list. In Jesus' name. And we give you all the thanks and praise. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. take a look at all of our social media sites which can be found at our website gvchurch.tv we know that today's message has been a blessing to you thanks for listening we are genesee valley church loving god loving people and loving life